1: Natasha Saran, associate professor at Yale Law School, writes in the Washington Post that amid the signs of economic optimism ahead, there's one thing that shined very brightly in 2023, and that's the economic power of women. David Weston asked Professor Saran about the power and key women driving it. I'm actually pretty inspired as I look at this year and all the progress that's been wrought. And particularly, I think, and I make, I talk about this in the piece, but if you look across fields, you see women trailblazing and trailblazing in uniquely female ways. So if you look at entertainment, you see Taylor Swift and the Eras tour, which is going to be on track to be the highest grossing concert tour of all time. That's brought $6 billion to the US economy. So much so that world leaders around the globe are begging Taylor for a tour stop. You have Beyonce, whose tour, whose renaissance tour has brought billions to the economy, who brings a Beyonce bump to every city that she tours in because her fans literally bedazzled in silver, turn up, uh, ready to celebrate her and particularly support women-owned businesses in every tour stop that they attend. You have in economic policy one of the steadiest hands of Biden's cabinet is Secretary Yellen, who is the first woman, the first person to hold the three most significant economic policy roles in the United States as her current job, Treasury Secretary, as Chairwoman of the Council of Economic Advisors, and as Chairwoman of the Federal Reserve, who's at the forefront of really pushing towards the implementation of our transition to a cleaner, greener economy, who is leading the IRS or working with the IRS to modernize its technology and improve the service that taxpayers receive. And you have in the world of athletics, the Spanish women's national team, which won its first World Cup this year. But if anything, that's sort of a small victory relative to what it's been able to accomplish off the field in the wake of sexual assault that players experience. The players turn this into an opportunity to really leverage and fight very deeply for equal pay for women's rights and to kind of push for the types of progress that for too long it's been very hard to attain and so in the this year i think that we're kind of at the precipice of something really exciting in the economy which is growth and our understanding of that growth being propelled by women.
0: All of that is terribly important and really exciting. Uh, And you left out the first time in history when a woman by herself got the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences and Claudia Golden, somebody I believe you've worked with. So tell us about that and why that's so important.
1: And you know, it's so, Claudia Golden is a superstar and became this year, as you point out, David, the first solo female recipient of the Nobel Prize. It's even more exciting, though, that her Nobel is for her work on understanding women's role in the labor force. And in particular, when Claudia was coming up as an economist, she graduated from the University of Chicago in 1972, there weren't that many female economists. And so as we became interested in the study of the family and family economics, Claudia realized there was an incredibly important story that was missing from not being told. And that story was about the role of the wife and the mother and the ways in which social norms and expectations and access to certain types of progress would really come with the kind of gender equity that so far in the economy we haven't been able to see. And Claudia's work has really inspired a legion of economists who do economic history, who study women's roles, and also has really pushed us to understand the ways in which the workforce can evolve most usefully exactly to attain that type of equity. And one of the bright spots actually of COVID that Claudia has pointed out in her recent work is that maybe exactly the type of flexibility that's giving us the opportunity to have this interview on Zoom today is exactly what's critical to allowing the world to move to a place where it creates economic environments and work and labor force that's really supportive of all of its members and that includes women.
0: So, so I wanna jump back, if we could, to Janet Yellen, uh, who has had, as you say, a truly extraordinary career. Uh, and no doubt about it. You said a steady hand in governing the economy. Is it a successful and steady hand? Because right now there are a lot of Americans who are not very satisfied with where they think the economy is. is she Is she succeeding?
1: Now, I kind of find this year, and it's kind of how I start the piece, which is there's been a lot that's been discussed about the ways in which consumers are really facing and have been facing for many years an incredibly difficult economic environment. We've dealt with the shock of a once in a generation pandemic in COVID. We've dealt with hopefully once in our lifetimes, frankly. We've dealt with The world of rising inflation and higher prices for consumers and now finally prices are starting to come down inflation is starting to come down and you're in a world where unemployment is still low and yet there is this lack there is this sense of lack of optimism about the economy and I suspect that that's totally understandable and that's actually what you would expect in the situation that you would expect us to be in given this shock that we have suffered that said, this administration and Secretary Yellen is at the forefront of this, has really been working to try and make the situation for American consumers and American workers an improved one. Inflation, as I mentioned, is falling. You're in a situation where Secretary Yellen, in particular, has been an ambassador for the administration across the globe. And one of the points that I make in the piece is that she kind of led. Uh, an effort to have a conversation in China this summer that predated an incredibly important moment for President Biden and Xi Jinping and I really think that the way in which she has leveraged her understanding of how the economy works, her understanding, frankly, and her deep empathy for the American people and her stature abroad has made her tenure incredibly successful. And we're all, frankly, very lucky to have her in this role.
0: Natasha, you lay out a lot of the success stories of 2023 for women. Let's talk about an area where it looks like there's a lot of progress yet to be made, and that's the C-suite at the CEO level. uh, You have, including your piece, Mary Barra, who in many ways is the dean of the female CEO. She's now been there 10 years as CEO. She's had a bit of a rough year, as you point out, explain, but she really has done, many people think, uh, really monumental work at General Motors. At the same time, last time I checked, if you look at the S&P 500, it's still down around 10% of the S&P 500 has women in the job. We now finally have Jane Fraser, a woman running a major bank. But if you look on Wall Street, you look around the C-suites generally, there's a lot of progress yet to be made, is there not?
1: There absolutely is, and you're right, that number is around, it's slightly above 10%. It's been rising, so that's exciting to see. But we've been in a world where Mary Barra is the first woman to run an automobile manufacturer. Jane Frazier is running a very significant U.S. bank. We're in a world in which you're starting to see progress on dimensions that are incredibly important, and it's an exciting world. I also talk in the piece about Barbie, and I say that it's been really important for it. Barbie was the largest grossing film of the year. Barbie kind of celebrates and embraces the messiness of Barbie herself, the doll, the ways in which the doll created unrealistic expectations for women about what they should look like, but also the ways in which it was exciting for young girls to be able to look at Barbies and see themselves and imagine themselves as Supreme Court justices and imagine themselves as business tycoons. And as you look at Mary Barra and as you look at sort of female executives writ large, it is really exciting for women like me to be able to look to them. Granted, their 10 years are rocky. It's really difficult to transition the world to a green economy with automobiles being manufactured fully electrically in her mind by 2035. It's hard to look at that world and not be sort of incredibly excited about the fact that This transition is being led by women, and it's being led by women who embrace and sort of celebrate the fact that they are women. And that grants them a particular window into the American consumer, into the American labor force, but also particular insights about the ways in which you can lead and lead successfully. And that was Natasha Sarin, associate professor at Yale Law School. You can watch more Wall Street Week Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QB. Join heads of state. Influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com.